This is a special moment in the history of mankind. Right now, there are more photographs of cats than there have ever been. Joanne Biondi takes pictures of her cat, Lorenzo, and she has a special trick. Um, when I started out, I did what most other people do, and that is try to dangle a feather in front of him. But because we've been doing this for a very long time, he got hip to those kind of tricks. So I had to kind of kick it up a notch, and I realized that he loves lizards. Mm-hmm. So one day I got the idea, okay, I'll try this lizard trick. And often when I'm doing studio shots where he's indoors and there's not much for him to look at, I tape a live lizard to my forehead. Uh, <laughs> they're small. You know, I, I forgot the, the type of lizard that they are in Miami, but they're very small. Their bodies are only about two inches, and then they have a tail. And so when I see one, if I'm, if I'm planning a shoot, I try to get a lizard. And then I lift it up and just put it on my forehead across, you know, horizontally across my forehead. What, how, and it stays there. What an interesting moment that must have been. So did you decide, like, I'm going to hold up? You didn't decide just to hold up the, the lizard. You decided to tape it to your face. Well, because you can't hold a lizard when you're trying to work a camera. Right. My but, hands have to be free. And it's how I get his attention. Did you, and sometimes if the tail is moving, it's even better, because then his eyes get really wide. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think about uh, photographers and their subjects, and many great photographers have have sort of had one subject that they photographed again and again. And those photographers have the chance to to show it to their subject, to show the work, and see what that collaboration has resulted in. Is it difficult for you that Lorenzo, you know, can't appreciate the photographs in the same way that a human subject would? That's a really good question, because you're right. And there are often times when I come home from a shoot and I'm editing the photos and going through them all, and that one great one pops up on the screen. And I jump up and I say, Enzo, Enzo, come look. And I pick him up and, and I put him on the desk, and of course he doesn't want to look at it. I don't get that buzz of being able to show it to the model. You don't think it's that he doesn't like the pictures, do you? <laughs> Of course not. How could he not like my picture? Yeah, he's a cat. He's a cat. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about Lorenzo, Duran. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Now, our boss at NPR, a guy named Eric Newsom, left this week. And uh, we uh, they had a big party for him in Washington, D.C. at the NPR mothership. We couldn't attend... Uh, but we did want to uh, make tribute to him. Pay and, our last respects. Yeah, and there there is uh, kind of a how-to in here, so we're going to play a little bit of what we sent here. Newsom Trucking. Hi there. Uh, I have kind of a weird request. One of my colleagues is named Eric Newsom. We, we just love him, and we're trying to put together a tribute for him. So I'm wondering if you could change the name of the company to Eric Newsom Trucking. No, buddy, sorry. Uh, should probably try another. Yeah, I thought that would go a little bit better. Thanks for calling. This is Michelle. How may I help you? Hi, is the mayor available? Oh, let me, I can get you the number. Maybe you can help me. My boss, our boss, is leaving uh, tomorrow. is his last day, and his name is Eric Newsom. 
And we were wondering if you would agree to change the name of your town to Newport Newsom in no. honor of our boss, Eric Newsom. Unfortunately, I don't think that would be something that would be an option. Hello, Sarah? Yeah. Sarah Koenig? Yeah. Hey, it's Mike and Ian from NPR. Oh, hi. Hey, so... um. We know you guys are looking to do a second season of Serial, but maybe don't have any ideas yet. Yeah, I mean, we've been throwing some things around. We're getting close. We we have a proposal for you. Um, I don't know if you know oh. this, but uh, Eric Newsom is, is leaving NPR, kind of disappearing. It's sort of a mystery, right? Oh, like you, are, you don't know where he's going? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, this we do know. So, like, the ending, it, we already know it. So you can kind of work towards that. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, like, a sort of a built-in conclusion that might be more satisfying than season one. I, we we no, didn't say that. Nobody said anything like that. I mean, you know, let me think about this for a second. No. Museum, good afternoon. Hi, is this the museum? It is. Uh, one of my colleagues, Eric Nuzum, today is his last day, and we were wondering, if you're game for it, if you would agree to change the name of the museum just for today, it could be the Eric Museum in honor of oh, our colleague. Oh, I couldn't, I certainly couldn't, uh, uh, ha- I don't have any input into that. However, let me get you to our marketing department. Hold on a moment. Thank you. We should jump in at this point. What happened next is she transferred us to a guy named Jonathan, and we made the same request, and he was basically like, yeah, we'll do it. And they actually put up a sign on their digital marquee changing the name of the museum to the Eric Nuzumium. So I guess the the how-to there is um, no matter how dumb your idea is just ask for it and eventually someone will will help you uh, ju- just one more thing for eric sorry eric we're we're feeling pretty emotional right now i don't know what to do with these feelings uh, we should call up stephen merritt from the magnetic fields he has emotions hello hey do you have a quick second sure we're thinking you know you're a you're a writer you write all these great songs and you are you're mm-hmm. able to convey great emotion how do you do that how do you convey your deep feelings through a song? Oh, well, if you want to convey deep feeling in a song, then you just make a syllable take more than one note. So if you say, goodbye, Eric, you sound like a robot or Martian. Mm -hmm. But if you say, goodbye, Eric, you sound like you're an opera singer. All right, well, hold on, Stephen. What if you wanted to say goodbye, Eric Newsom, uh, good luck at Audible, and whatever else comes your way? You would have to have a lyric sheet. (laughs) (laughs) But you can do it yourselves with my special formula. Okay, we'll try it. Okay, we're going to pause right now. Um, We're about to sing, and uh, I think if if you love Eric... Yeah. as much as we do, you should sing along with us. And I don't want to be boastful, but I, I, this song is, uh, it's emotional. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Goodbye. Come on, Mike. Eric Newsom and 
good luck at audible.com. As people know that. And whatever else comes your way, Eric, we love you. That's an entire song. I think it could be. I think it, yes, it's a pretty good song too, wouldn't you say? Um. Now it's the part of our show where we like to thank our sponsors for sponsoring us with sponsorship. In this episode, our sponsor is Ardio, a digital music service announcing Ardio Select, a new subscription plan for mobile users combining ad-free online stations and offline listening. With Ardio Select, hear endless stations powered by over 35 million songs and download your choice of 25 songs to listen to offline on mobile or other devices. Learn more about RDO Select at rdio.com slash select. We heard from Colin. Colin says he listens to How to Do Everything in France to try and improve his English. Colin, these next 15 seconds are for you. So, Colin, based on this note, does that mean you're using our show, the English in our show, to help improve your own English language skills? I have to say that's um, really exciting to hear. It makes me feel a little self-conscious about um, maybe some some grammar mistakes I might be making. I don't want to be responsible. I think from, from what I've seen... And I, you and I speak together quite frequently. Uh, you talk good. Thanks. They tell you that when my brother graduated from college, they talked to all the seniors and said, when you go across the podium, don't, don't say thanks, because when the photographer takes your picture, you'll be sticking your tongue out. So when you go across and you hand, you're handed your diploma, say, tanks. Wow. Yeah. I'll, keep, I'll keep that in mind. Tanks. Tanks you. We got a question from Rebecca in the how-to email mailbox. It's how-to at npr.org. Rebecca wants to know if it's true what they say about swallowing bubblegum. If you swallow it, it stays in your guts for seven years. We looked into this a couple years ago on the show, so we're going to play that segment back now. Uh, We called up our resident doctor, Dr. Peter Lechman, and we should say that this segment, uh, the Carrie rule, applies. That is, of course, uh, the rule Carrie asked us to warn you whenever a segment might be gross. This one is gross. So, Dr. Lechman, this thing about bubblegum being stuck in your stomach for seven years, is that true? So it sort of depends on what you mean. So you, you eat a piece of gum and it's got different components to it. There's flavoring, there's um, sort of seasoning type of stuff, and then there's the actual gum base, which is the mushy thing that you chew on. Yeah. Your body immediately digests off all the flavoring and all the additives, but you're still left with this gum base. And this gum base will stick around. It's very difficult to digest. It would theoretically stick around forever if it stuck around, except that nothing sticks around. So everything passes through. Now, there have been cases in the, even documented in the medical literature of kids getting clogged up by their gum. Ah. 
So, so this has actually happened. There's, there's three really good case reports that I found in the literature of constipated kids who, these kids were swallowing five to seven pieces of gum a day. All right. Having chronic constipation actually got to the point where they were in a hospital having procedures done to try to unplug them, and literally masses of gum the size of baseballs were, were clogging up the, um, the sort of last mile. So if I'm a normal kid... Daily pooper? No, okay. So, yeah. And I, and I swallow, you know, a piece of gum from time to time. That's no different than swallowing a chewed up piece of food in terms of how it's going to stay in my body. It's exactly right. So it's like eating a kernel of corn. You can watch it come out 36 hours later just with your gum, just like your gum would. Really? You, had, you, you brought up corn in this already gross conversation? Well, I, I was thinking about corn races. I don't know if you had enough boys in your family, but in a family full of boys, you had to find ways to occupy yourself. So one sport that we had were, were called corn races. Wait, you're kidding. No. Do you know what you call the winner? No. The colonel. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is the first one to get the corn? The first one to see the corn wins. <laughs> but anyway, you could have the same game with multicolored gumballs, and you would, could have a race, but they would all come out. So I think we should keep this a secret from our children. I think we should continue to tell them not to swallow gum because it's kind of stupid to swallow undigestible objects. Mm -hmm. But from a purely medical perspective, the odds of anything untoward happening are are really, really unlikely. Well, Colonel Lechman, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) I think I'm going to change my bat. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a fan of podcasts. In which case, we want to tell you about some of the other shows produced by NPR. The world right now is kind of a jungle of people making music and movies and TV shows, many of which, most of which are terrible and uh, are the, a waste of the few moments you have on this earth before you die. And it can be hard to know, where do I start? Where do I dig into this supple feast of cultural offerings? Well, the folks at Pop Culture Happy Hour will act as your guides. You can find out more at npr.org slash podcasts and from the NPR One app. Well, that does it for this week's show. What would you learn, Ian? Well, I learned that if you, if you want to take your cat's picture, if you really want your cat's attention, just tape a lizard to your forehead. I would not have made that connection between cats and lizards. Here's the weird thing, though. I've seen the photos. That results in a great photo mm-hmm. of, of the cat. Think about if the cat was also taking a picture, what an amazing photo that would be of a human with a lizard yeah. taped to their forehead. You know, it's a good thing that Joanne isn't a professional gecko photographer. Well, it would be a lot of selfies. Well, I think it'd be really hard to tape a, a cat to your forehead. They're much bigger. They have, they'd scratch you. You're bleeding for your art at that point. And you couldn't even see. Let's be honest, because a cat is that big that it would just cover your eyes. You're right. There's a lot of problems with that. And there's the if you're allergic. I'm allergic to cats, but if you had it, if there's the cat tail. Yeah. Nobody is disagreeing with you. Right no now. reason to think a cat wouldn't give itself a bath on your forehead. I think we're probably good. How to do everything is produced. Technical direction from Lorna White, with a big thanks to Robert Newhouse this week. Our intern this week is Jesse Batend. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. and visit our website. How to do everything. Dot org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks.